All right, turn with me to um, Matthew chapter 2. We've been in the Old Testament for so long that I thought maybe we should do some things in the New Testament. So we thought, well, why not start at the beginning of the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then maybe Acts. I'm not sure just what we'll do. Maybe just Matthew and then Acts. But we started Matthew last week, and any of the tapes, if any of you want them from last week, and other tapes are on the dining room table. Help yourself. You know, while you're driving around, you can listen to Scripture. That's what I do. I just love to listen and drive. I remember Barbara Madden said it changed her whole life when she had tapes to listen to. On all of her trips, she would take, and then it just made the trip go quickly. Anyway, Matthew chapter 2, we'll just start. Lord, we thank you that we can meet today in a safe place, and we just thank you uh, that you've kept us safe so so far. So we ask that you would continue to do that with, with Tampa, with our own homes, and with our country. Lord, just watch over us. And, and before just horrible things happen, like have happened in France, that, that we... That, that you would come for us, that we would be taken up quickly. That wonderful verse, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain caught up together with, with them in the clouds to meet you in the air, and we'll be ever with you forevermore. So, Lord, we just look forward to that wonderful day of the rapture. So we ask that you bless us today, and um, you always bless your word, but so we ask that you continue to do it today in Jesus' name. Amen. We saw last week in Matthew the genealogy of Joseph, Mary's genealogy, and this genealogy starts with uh, the son of David, the son of Abraham, but Mary's genealogy is in Luke, turn back to Luke Three, And you see that the one in Matthew is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. So it begins with Abraham. So back here in Luke, we see it's a different genealogy, but they were very closely related, so much of it is the same. Verse 23 of chapter 3. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years old, at about 30, we don't know exactly, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, which would be his father-in-law, or uh, the son of Heli, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jana, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathiah, and it goes down for this uh, Mary's genealogy, and it goes all the way, the son of Matthew, the son of Nathan, verse 31, he's the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, verse 32. And then it ends, 37, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So we see that this is a much more complete genealogy, and it's not Joseph, it's Mary's genealogy. Back to God. Then we go back to Matthew, where we see his genealogy, Joseph. So it says here, we saw last week, we read it. I'll just read a little bit more so we can 
See, I really love to go into every one of these names and go back and tell again the story of their lives. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob, verse 2. Jacob begat Judah and his brothers. Judah begat Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram. Ram, Amenadab, Amenadab, nation, nation, Salmon. Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. See, it's just so exciting to think that Rahab the harlot was totally changed and, and married into the family that was in the background of Jesus. Boaz begat Obed, and Obed by Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king. David begat Solomon by her that had been the wife of Uriah, and her name is Bathsheba. Solomon begat Rehoboam, Rehoboam, Abijah, Abijah, Asa, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. Now this brings it with Jehoshaphat almost to the end of the Old Testament and the captivity where they were captured and taken to Babylon for 70 years in 2 Kings 15. Asa begat Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begat Joram, Joram begat Uzziah, Uzziah begat Jotham, Jotham Ahaz, Ahaz Hezekiah, he was a good king, and Hezekiah begat Manasseh, and that just, that's one of the worst kings that ever was, and how can such a fine man have such a wicked son? He must have had a bad mother. But Manasseh begat Amon, Amon Josiah, Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. So that brings us to the end of the Old Testament where we read in Jeremiah 22 that this Jeconiah was so bad that God said no man of his seed would ever sit on the throne of Israel again in Jeremiah chapter 22, 30. Jeconiah begat Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, Abiad, Abiad, Eliakim, and it goes on down. So all the generations, verse 17, from Abraham to David are 14 generations. David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ, till Jesus comes, are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought on these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. That's Isaiah 7:14, where we read, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. Then Joseph, being roused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Now Herod, these are the rulers, and he descended from Esau's line. And Idumea, so whenever you see an Idumean, that means from Esau's family. And so all of the Herods are Idumeans, and they're descended from Esau, 
Jacob's brother. So in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he? Now these wise men would be men who studied the, the zodiac and were expert in reading the constellations and the names of the words and what the constellations stand for. And so they saw that there's to be a savior born, saying, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? So they came to Bethlehem. They said, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And now in Numbers chapter 24, 17, there's a verse there that says in Balaam's prophecy, it says, a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall come from Israel. And so in other words, that would be his first coming, the star Jesus would be born in Bethlehem and then he would be the king over Israel. So that's from Numbers chapter 24, 17. Um, in fact, that's a wonderful prophecy of, of Balaam. Uh, Balak, the king, uh, had given him a lot of money to curse Israel. Well, and so he tried to, because he'd do anything for money. He was a believer, but he'd do anything for money. But he tried to curse them, and, and God wouldn't let him. And so <laughs> he finally said, how can I curse what God has blessed? And so he decided he couldn't do that. So when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, the ones that would know everything, know what the scriptures said, he inquired of them where the Christ, where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. So it's written in Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler, a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you've found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east appeared again. Now that's another miracle, that the star would come in the east when Jesus was born. That would probably be in, what is Iraq today? Um, it appeared again till it came and stood over where the young child was. So the star came and just beamed down right where the baby was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, now notice this is probably two years later, when they'd come into the house, he wasn't in the manger anymore, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child with his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt. I called my son. 
See, that could have a double meaning because all of Israel is called God's son, and they were slaves in Egypt for a long time. But God is saying, this is what it really means. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Imagine the cruelty of this. There must have been thousands then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah, the prophet, where he said, A voice was heard in Bethlehem, Ramah, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel, that'd be Israel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, Go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And this would be in the northern part. And so people would say later, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Evidently, it was notorious for having unsavory people living there. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled. Now, the, the root word of Nazareth is netzer, which means a branch. So netzer, the branch, would be born there. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, and that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. The Hebrew word for Nazareth is Netzer, a branch, well, which is another name for Jesus. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent. And that means change your mind, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight. And John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And I kept thinking, locusts and wild honey, well, maybe they were pretty good. <laughs> I don't know, but they wouldn't eat the wings, but just the body, they say, very good. And, and roasted locusts. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cast down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And this is what happens to each believer. The minute you believe, you're baptized 
That means placed in union with. So when you believed in Jesus, God placed you in the union with him. But he who is coming after me um, uh, is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff. See, this looks ahead to the end of the tribulation. He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Then Jesus, when he had been baptized, came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, Afterward, he was hungry, and when the tempter came to him, he said, and this is the third class condition, if and it's true. There, if and it's not true, and if and it's true, and if, there are three classes, and the last is if, I wish it were true, but it isn't true. But this one is first class. If, and you are, if you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If, and you are, you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you. Now, he didn't continue. He, Satan knows the Bible, but the Scripture says, To keep you in all your ways. In their hand they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But that's what Satan said to him. Jesus said to him, It's written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. So who's the God of this age? Who can offer some Jesus the kingdoms of this world and their glory? Satan. So Jesus himself said he was the God of this age, said to him, all these things I will give you if, now this is second class and you won't, <laughs> if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. And then when you go back to the Old Testament, it shows each tribe the part of the land that was allotted to them by God. So this is by the sea up north the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness saw a great light, and upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, 
Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And many, many, many years ago, I was teaching a young class of boys. I think they were maybe 11 or 10. And um, this passage, I'll never forget, because the one little boy just excused himself and got up and went to a different class and got his brother (laughs) and brought him over so that he could hear about Jesus. It was very sweet. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Then they immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. See, that's not the gospel that we preach today, that believe on the Lord Jesus. The gospel today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But the gospel of the kingdom is that Christ is coming back to set up his kingdom for a thousand years and rule the world for a thousand years, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The king is going to come and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went through all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed and epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And seeing the multitudes, chapter 5, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I've underlined that. I hope you will too, that we let our light so shine before men that they may see there's something different in us, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle, the smallest part of the Hebrew 
um, alphabet. One jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, you fool, or you empty head, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, it's been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely or perjure, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by the earth, for it's his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, 
What do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect or mature, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward right here and now. But when you do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, God and Satan. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? A cubit is this far, by 18 inches on a man's, from the end of man's finger to out here. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider 
the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and the things of God, that's what we're to seek, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not. Um, this Greek word is K-R-I-N-O. Judge not that you be not judged. This means to decide mentally or judicially calling in question someone's what they have to say. Don't judge if you aren't in a condition to judge, for one thing. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the same measure, now, there, see, there's different kinds of judgment, like we're to judge if something's wrong or not scriptural. We're to know the difference and decide right from wrong. But this is judicially question scripture judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you will be judged and with the same measure you use it will be measured back to you and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but don't consider the plank that's in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me remove the speck out of your eye and look a plank is in your own eye hypocrite first remove the plank from your own eye then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So there's sometimes when you don't tell people what you want to tell them. You wait and you decide if it's the thing to do, the wise thing to do. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if his son asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. Do under, <laughs> this is that old saying, do unto others as you wish they would do to you. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this, this contains all the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now, what does this mean exactly? Narrow means one way. And the broad way, it'd be all the different religions. I'm going to try Hinduism, try Muslim religion, try. No, the narrow gate is through Jesus. I am the door, he said. 
I am the one, the one way. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. So this is an example of judging. There are some times that we are to judge. Beware of false prophets. Um, if we don't judge, we can't beware of them. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What's the will of our Father? That you come to believe in Jesus. John 6, 39. Let's turn back to John 6, 39, just to read that and see. John 6, verse 39. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. See, this is God's will. He's not willing. In Second Peter 3, 9, it says, God's not willing that anyone perish, but this is the will of God that anyone who realizes who Jesus is and believes in him will have everlasting life. And God will resurrect us from our dead bodies at the last day. That's that wonderful, wonderful chapter. I'm going to read a little of it. In verse 41, it says, The Jews then murmured against him because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered them and said, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And John 12, 32 said, look at John 12, 32, to answer this verse. I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to himself. So he draws everyone to himself. Not everyone accepts him, but he, they're drawn. I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets that they shall all be taught of God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. But this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, partakes of it, partakes of Jesus, he will live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, 
Most assuredly, it makes it harder. I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has. Now, this is the same word as believing. You, you believe in him and you have eternal life and you will be raised up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh, this is a synonym for faith. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? See him go back to heaven. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, like Judas and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And now back to John 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, 
but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And to my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom, Jewish people, will be cast into outer darkness. If they aren't believers, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. Now see this, about, let me bury my father. It doesn't say that the father was <laughs> sick even, but it might be five years from then or when, whenever. Now, whenever he got into the boat, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? When he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And then suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from them, there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them fled, and they went away into the city and told everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. And behold, they brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes 
said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to man. Then as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. And Matthew arose and followed him. And so it was as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. And he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics nor sandals, nor staffs for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, don't worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it's not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now a brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them, for there's nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, 
him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Now next time, we will start with Matthew chapter 11. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Just sear it in our hearts and minds and give us a real desire to just read and study and lay it up in our hearts so that we won't sin against you. Because from, from this book is the knowledge of sin. And we know that the Ten Commandments tell us what sin is and what you consider sin to be. And so, Lord, we ask that we might be students of the Word, read it daily, lay it up in our hearts so that we will be pleasing to you. We ask these things and that you would bless each of us and our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Any questions or any comments? Why did you switch from calling them disciples to apostles? Some of them were his apostles, but some were his disciples. And a disciple is just a learner, a follower. But the apostles were chosen, you know, 12 apostles to follow him. There were a lot of disciples, maybe hundreds, all those who followed him all over. Notice Dr. Irish note, 10 verse 1. A disciple is one who is taught by another. He's a learner. In the Gospels, the word is frequently used of disciples of Moses, of John the Baptist, and of Christ. Judas is an example of an unsaved disciple of Christ. And there were others who deserted him as well, John 6. The word is used in Acts as a synonym for believer. It doesn't appear at all in the rest of the New Testament.